when the howls of the evening find you, and the skeletons in your closet begin to shift and change, you'll know it's time for the Pike Horror Show. Hello, my name is Richard, and this is the Pike Horror Show. The only show where the script is written by one of those gorillas that learned how to read. Anyway, this week's episode is actually part two to our discussion about A Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, part one is already released, and I definitely recommend you go check that out first. But regardless to if you have or haven't listened to the first one, I'll do a quick refresher. In part one, I mainly talked about A Nightmare on Elm Street and A Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge. I talked about the series antagonist Freddy Krueger and how he used dreams to scare his victims. I talked about how the series creator Wes Craven wasn't involved at all in the second movie. And talked about the differences between A Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Mainly discussing some of the themes and lore and vibes that separate the two. Really, I just laid the foundation to start talking about these movies. Whether it be for hardcore fans, casual fans, or people who are just sort of interested. I just wanted to set the stage. There's a lot to say about A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a massive franchise both on screen and off. So part one just kind of gives you expectations for how deep we're going to go. Also, it's personally one of my favorite episodes, and this is a sequel to it. Alright, if I don't stop now, this is just going to turn into an ad. If you haven't listened to part one, go listen to part one. But then come right back here and listen to part two. That way you'll already be an expert, and you'll know what's up. But if you still decide to skip part one, and you went even further and skipped the introduction to this episode, here's an even shorter recap to make sure you know what's going on. So there's an extra crispy man with a sweater and a hat. He's got one sharp hand, and he's in your dream and he's coming to get you. And his name is Fred. Freddy to his friends. Now you got all the information you need. You're all caught up. Alright, where was I? Um, we talked about A Nightmare on Elm Street. A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Ah, what comes next? One sec, I'm gonna check my notes. Alright, I just double checked, and it turns out the next movie we're gonna be talking about is A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. And as you just heard, it has a fucking rad theme song. The song I just tricked you into listening to was Dream Warriors by Dokken, off of their 1987 album Back for the Attack. I mean, technically it was made for the movie, but it later came out on that album, but that's sort of splitting hairs. And much like how I'm going to stop talking about this song and resume talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven, the original creator of A Nightmare on Elm Street, returned to write A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which in turn brought back the hero from the first movie, Nancy Thompson. Dream Warriors picks up Nancy's story years later and completely disregards the second movie altogether. And today, because of reboots and retcons and things like that, we're kind of used to horror franchises having an oddball or plucking something out of the timeline. But to my knowledge, there are none besides A Nightmare on Elm Street that go 1, forget 2, and then 3 is a sequel to 1. That's like so soon in the franchise. And not to give away too much, but there are no other breaks like this in the franchise. And while I'm sure there are plenty of people who have nice things to say about A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 really feels like A Nightmare on Elm Street. Dream Warriors does a great job of honoring the first movie, while setting up the tone and direction for the franchise moving forward. When people talk about the humor and charm and surrealism of A Nightmare on Elm Street, they're really talking about Dream Warriors. There are parts of A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 that are just straight up funny. 
And then just a few scenes later, it'll show you the most horrifying and scarring imagery you've ever seen. I've seen a lot of horror movies with a lot of messed up stuff in them, but there are scenes in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 that still make my skin crawl. But the cool thing is, even though there's plenty of humor and horror, neither feel out of place. Going back and forth between laughs and scares doesn't feel like whiplash. They work together in a way that's very interesting and exciting. So in a scene where, hypothetically, Freddy Krueger's arms and head come out of a TV and grab a little girl and go, It's prime time, bitch, and then slam her head into the screen, you, the viewer, are kind of given a choice. You can kind of laugh off the absurdity, or you can be unnerved by the weird body horror and the emotional context of the characters. And the fun part is you're given that option again and again every time you watch. Story-wise, Dream Warriors brings the franchise back to its roots, by which I mean kids are being scared by Freddy in their dreams. Unlike the last time we saw Freddy Krueger, where he was clawing his way out of a guy's chest. No spoilers, of course. But when the character Kristen starts having these Freddy Krueger nightmares, she's brought to a sleep institute for kids who have problems with sleep and dreaming. Of course, nobody at the hospital believes that Kristen is seeing the Fred Krug man, except for the new therapist, Nancy Thompson, aka the heroine from the first movie. And as the movie goes on and everyone sort of learns the situation, you find out all the other kids there are seeing Freddy too, which of course just leads to more and more knife glove antics. And sure, there's plenty of 80s cheese and drama and characters who seem like walking cliches, but the setting and situation alone is pretty intense. When everything is sort of stripped away, it's a movie about these kids who keep themselves safe by staying awake in a place that is actively trying to get them to go back to sleep. Not to mention they lose the luxury of saying, oh, it's just a dream, it's just a nightmare, when everyone is describing the antagonist of your dream. And for poor Nancy, this has all happened before. Her and all of her friends saw Freddy Krueger and nobody believed them and slowly her friends started to dwindle and fall off. And while she's trying everything to help this new generation of victims, you can't make people believe in a dream monster that they haven't seen. It's hard enough to get people to believe in Freddy Krueger, even if they've seen him. But while all of that is going on, you're also learning about Freddy Krueger the man. Dream Warriors shows you the origin of Freddy Krueger, starting in his conception. You learn about Freddy's mother and what happened to her. You see the origins of a man that just a few scenes ago you saw as a monster. And monster or otherwise, sometimes it's hard to know who you're supposed to be rooting for. A lot of the times it feels like Nancy and the kids and her friends are kind of moving the plot along in a more traditional and movie kind of way, whereas Freddy only shows up for the fun parts. This isn't specific to Dream Warriors, it happens all throughout the series, but sometimes it feels like you're just sort of tolerating the plot while you're waiting for the cool dream sequences. Even when the movie's trying to remind you, hey, Freddy is a monster, he's the bad guy, he kills kids. But then he comes back with a cool one-liner or a cool pop culture reference and you're back on board. And there's nothing wrong with that. In all honesty, it kind of makes sense. There's absolutely nothing wrong with only liking the good parts or the fun parts or the interesting parts. I just feel like A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors has everything you could be looking for in a movie, especially if you're looking for all the things that I'm about to list. It's got scares, laughs, Cheesy 80s stuff, body horror, it's unique. Freddy Krueger and Wes Craven are there. My mom likes it. Oh, you think you know better than my mom? A nice try. In a franchise that was relatively young and already had a bit of a creative fumble, 
Dream Warriors was there to put it back on track. Now, I think every movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise has value, but honestly, I feel like if someone only watched A Nightmare on Elm Street and A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, that might be enough for them to say, oh, okay, I get it. The first movie is great and it sets everything up. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 takes it from there and shows you the purest, most refined version of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And that's not me saying the other ones aren't interesting or worth watching, but every movie that comes after was directly influenced by and related to Dream Warriors. And before you say, oh, that's just how sequels work, remember this is a horror franchise. And movies in a horror franchise being related or influenced by each other is not a given. And that's why I think Dream Warriors is so interesting and vital to the Nightmare franchise. It both saved and made the series. Not to mention it has a fucking rad theme song. Remember? Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Again, if you haven't, I definitely recommend checking out the first part of the series. And who knows, you might even want to listen to an episode that's not about A Nightmare on Elm Street. If so, there are plenty of older episodes to check out. And be sure to follow wherever you listen because there's always new stuff coming out. Plus, I don't know how many parts this series is going to have. Especially since I've only covered three movies in two episodes. That is not great. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter so you can stay up to date on everything. And again, thank you so much for listening. My name is Richard, and this has been the Pike Horror Show.